0: the two read list. I'm Bailey, and this is a podcast where I attempt to get through the 136 unread books on my shelf. With me, as always, is my friend Toby. Hey. My brother Andrew. Hello. And my husband Dylan's the sound recordist. Hello. Ah, so lovely. Lovely to see you all.
1: It's good to see Bailey after so long.
0: So I've had quite the last two weeks. I have gone on a uh, journey of (laughs) self-improvement and paranoia. After After seeing the movie The Social Dilemma, I am now terrified of social media and my phone. And I, I'm just like purging everything and I'm trying really hard not to go on social media because it's addictive and I'm worried that my child is going to be addicted.
2: My understanding of that movie is exclusively the Netflix tile, which is just like a bear trap with a phone in it. So I think I get it.
0: That's fair. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but make sure to follow us on Instagram.
0: <laughs> well, what I was going to say, so this is actually, you know, it's not necessarily related, but we decided to get rid of the social media outlets, social media Arm. apps Yes, the social media arm, arm. Of,
2: of the conglomerate that is the two read list. Yes,
0: that don't give us joy. So we have deactivated our Facebook and our Twitter.
2: <sighs> oh, Sorry To, to z- be clear, the Instagram still gives us joy. Yes. Yeah. You know what? I do enjoy the Instagram. I, I will say I didn't really look at our Instagram very much. I haven't had an Instagram for a while. And then Andrew and I kind of took it over from you, Bailey, when you went on maternity leave. And it's fun. It's uh, I think because you curated it to be what, you know, bookstagram. Yeah. Exclusive. Yeah, it's a, it's like a very mild form of Instagram.
0: Yeah, the Bookstagram community feels very nice and like safe and supportive. Whereas, Chill. exactly, some other aspects of Instagram, not so much. So if you're looking for us on Twitter our like bi-weekly tweet that just talks about the episode, I'm sorry they won't be there anymore.
2: On Bookstagram, the only hot pics are of hot cocoa.
0: Yes, and hot cats Oh. (laughs) 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 but related to that this week i had as you know my sister the serial killer to read and you might not know but it's very quick i think i read it in two days and that was trying to stretch it out so i had this extra time so i read another book from my list
3: Not one that was chosen. Nope,
0: I chosen it myself. You guys. What? Mm. What?
3: Nope. Am I a joke to you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: but it's one of the ones I recently bought. It's called Grownups by Emma Jane Unsworth, and it's about. It's kind of like Fleabag, but it's about a woman in her thirties, an English woman who is addicted to social media and like completely having a breakdown, mm. but pretending like everything's fine on social media. So that was another thing. It just. You ever have what's it called the Meinhoff meinhof complex where everything mm-hmm. seems to connect and it's like all of these things are pointing to Bailey get off social media
1: Bailey I think you're addicted to reading about social media addiction yes I think that's <laughs> yeah. true
2: it's out of control is that a is that a book in your pocket right now What are you,
0: Toby I hear that we're going to be doing something a little bit different on your next episode
2: yes we are we're gonna you know how the The whole thing of this podcast is like books that you have that you have to read. You don't want to be distracted by like the new shiny book. That's like our whole idea of the podcast. Well, we're going to throw that out the window. Uh,
3: Let the record show I was not consulted on this. Well, we're going
2: to throw that all out the window because there's a new book coming out that is so exciting to Bailey and I that we have to do it. It's a new book by Susanna Clark, the author of Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. It's called Piranesi Piranesi.
0: Piranesi? I was right. saying Piranesi, but I just assumed it was about pirates. I think it's probably
3: Piranesi.
2: Oh, Piranesi, <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so we're going to do that for the episode that comes out the 21st, my next episode. Um, we'll both be reading Piranesi.
0: So if you're wondering why Toby doesn't have a book chosen this time, it's because of this. If
2: you're wondering about that thing that hasn't happened yet in the episode. <laughs>
0: if you're already looking forward. Like, do we
1: even need to come here anymore? Like, what's the deal here, guys?
0: <laughs> well, that's exciting. I can't wait to get it in the mail. I'm hoping I'm going to get it today. We'll see.
2: I bought Piranesi, mm-hmm. which is probably the first hardback book that I've bought in a, at least a couple of years. I do not buy hardback, new hardback books. I cannot choke down the like twenty eight, twenty nine dollar hardback book. Mm-hmm. Except- You're not supposed to eat it. <laughs> We already had a podcast. All, we had an episode all about eating books, Dylan, okay? <laughs> People can go back and listen to that one. Bailey, I think I know your answer, but do you buy hardback books?
0: I do, but like you say, I try not to as much. Like, it would be, I would have to be really jazzed about it, um, especially when it's like the $30 books. When, mm-hmm. Once it hits $30, I'm like, do you really need this in hardback? Can you wait Can you wait for exactly. paperback? But if it's 25 yeah, actually, I think I often do buy them.
3: Andrew, do you buy hardback books? Well, as a man of about- out town who throws (laughs) his cash (laughs) around like nobody's business. I buy my shirt. No, I'm just, I don't buy new books enough for it to be a huge issue. I tend to wait until I've had a few friends recommend it or it's been out for a while. And what I will often do, because I I do prefer having a hardback book, is I will often go to a used bookstore somewhere like the Strand that has a lot of resale of newer books. Mm -hmm. And you can usually get it for about the price of a new paperback there. So I I'd say I try to buy hardback books, but I very rarely actually get them at, you know, the full, full price. That said... I might have just bought two hardback books at full price this very week. Are you announcing that you... If it's okay to talk about a little bit of shame. Shame, shame, shame. That I might have. I'm not going to sing the song again, guys. Shame, shame, shame.
2: (laughs) Go ahead, Andrew. Tell us about your shame. (laughs)
3: Um, Well, so this started, as all shame does, from a good place. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) I was looking over my list. I have recently gotten under 100 on my to-read list, which is a good mile milestone for me. I started the podcast at over 100. I was down to 92, I believe. Good job. Um, yeah, which was great. And, you know, we're doing this one for one till 2021 thing. And I was realizing that my list was predominantly white authors. I wanted to to pick up a few copies of of, of books by by black authors that I'd been interested in. So my first three books that were shame come from that good place. I picked up a copy of a book called Luster uh, by Raven Leilani. I got a copy of The Water Dancer by Ta-Nehisi Coates. And I picked up this year's Man Booker winner, or one of the two Man Booker winners, because the award was split this year, uh, Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo.
0: I hear that one's great. Uh,
3: So I picked up those and that was good. I felt very good about adding those three books to my list.
2: So wait, let's do a a quick count. Now we're back up to 95. Is he going to break 100?
3: Let's find out. Back up to 95. Then I realized that throughout the course of this whole podcast recording journey we've been on, I have been adding books that I bought to my list. Jillian also likes to buy books that she, you know, maybe does or doesn't read right away. And I haven't looked through what she bought in a while. So, this isn't really shame in that I did not purchase any of these books entirely. Jillian purchased them, and you know what? I feel like I want to read them, so I'm adding them to my list. But yeah, I uh, added seven books from uh, Jillian's list uh, to my my to-read list.
0: Secondhand shame, secondhand shame. Andrew picks up Jillian's books. And he won't read them for years. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's a beautiful it, song, Bailey.
0: Thank you. So wait. So what's your final tally now? One hundred and two. One
2: hundred and two. It sounds like to me. One hundred and two. I'm back up.
0: Uh, Toby, I hear I hear that you read a book this week.
2: Through the grapevine. Through
0: the grapevine. Um.
2: What yes. What book did you read? You heard a true rumor. Um. It was called "Witches Abroad" by Terry Pratchett.
3: The Pratch man. Witch 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 witch.
2: Uh. So here is your log line. Witches Abroad, number 12 in the sprawling 40-plus book Discworld series by Sir Terry Pratchett, follows a trio of witches as they journey from their remote home in the high peaks of Lancre across the Disc on a mission to free the people of Genua from an evil fairy godmother bent on forcing the population to live out the plot lines from famous folktales.
0: Oh, that sounds interesting, actually.
2: Why do you sound surprised?
0: Here's the thing. I didn't have, really? didn't have high hopes for this book. <laughs> really? Only because... Have
2: you it, tried any Terry Pratchett before? No, I
0: haven't. And I've heard good things about him. It's just the fact that it's like number whatever in number of whatever books, mm. where I was like, I'm probably not going to read it.
2: I'm happy to explain that to you
0: then. Okay, great. Cool.
2: okay, I
1: didn't even know that Terry Pratchett was a sir. Me neither. Yeah.
3: Oh, you just wait till the facts. Ooh. Yeah, I,
2: I, I, uh, there's going to be some great facts. I know some facts about i won't spoil them but he has some good facts i'm glad you said that bailey because i wanted to do this review about which is abroad but also i kind of wanted to do it because i know this is a name that people who read a lot of books maybe have heard of but have never tried and it certainly is intimidating to look at a 40 plus book series and be like mm, i don't even really feel like starting yeah exactly um so this is going to be a review of which is abroad for sure but then also kind of like a gentle introduction uh to terry pratchett because i don't think i'll do another Discworld book on the podcast so cool. this is it Cool. So what is the Discworld? What is Terry Pratchett like? Um, I want to give you an impression. And these are the opening lines. What,
0: you're doing an impression of Terry Pratchett?
2: Hello. <laughs> oh, God.
3: You are I'll- married to a British woman.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the opening lines, uh, the actual opening lines of Witches Abroad. This is the Discworld, which travels through space on the back of four elephants, which themselves stand on the shell of great Atuin, the sky turtle. Once upon a time, such a universe was considered unusual and possibly impossible. But then it used to be so simple once upon a time because the universe was so full of ignorance all around and the scientist panned through it like a prospector crouched over a mountain stream, looking for the gold of knowledge among the gravel of unreason, the sand of uncertainty, and the little whiskery eight-legged swimming things of superstition.
0: I don't hear any witches.
2: (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Uh, His books always start that way, like kind of a big out in space, this is the disc world. Um, It
0: feels like the intro to like a Star Wars or like some kind of epic fantasy where it's like, welcome to the disc world.
2: Yeah, it kind of does. So the disc world is is Terry Pratchett's own creation. It's basically a joke. It is a flat earth, right? It's a it's a disc. It's a round oh, disc oh, that's that. standing on four elephants that themselves are standing on a turtle, which is a play on the old like turtles all the way down. Yes. Reference. Yeah, no, so no, we, We've seen the YouTube video explaining how flat earth works. <laughs> <laughs> so that like just even the description of the disc world and what it is kind of gives you an idea of what Pratchett is doing in all of his work. Which is some references here, some physics there, like lots of science, lots of pop culture, and and like old storytelling. It's all riffing off of everything in his brain, and he's mm-hmm. all using it and turning it and giving it just a little twist. And Sounds just like
0: Douglas Adams.
2: It is, but like much more whimsical, I'd say. Okay. But then there's also a streak of cynicism to it, too. Ooh. It's a it's a great series. Okay. <laughs> you have to read one flat earth novel. This is it. <laughs> yeah, you have to read one flat earth. So the world and the 40 plus books that are in it are a combination of almost everything that you can think of. High concept physics, stand shoulder to shoulder with straight down the barrel fart jokes. <laughs> References to, references to Shakespeare are as common as misquotes from pop culture of the last century. Essentially, the Discworld exists in order to enable Pratchett to lampoon the worst of our normal world and admire the best in it, to skewer hypocrites and uplift the kind-hearted.
0: Oh, that's, so that's lovely.
2: Yeah, he, I would say the most thing he is, you know, besides a great storyteller, is a satirist. He's He's kind of poking fun at everybody. And hmm. this, the Discworld is his way to do it.
0: Cool.
2: Now, you said you were intimidated about starting a, a forty-plus book yeah, series, I was right? Say,
0: do I start at book one? Do not.
2: Okay, that's a different thing. Do not. Everybody okay. out there, don't start at book one. It's called The Color of Magic. He's he's still finding his feet. Usually, okay. they the generally like the general knowledge is like pick up pretty much any book you want mm-hmm. except for that one.
0: <laughs> except once, for number one. <laughs>
2: once you like the Discworld, go back and read that one as a curiosity, and you'll be like, oh, he wasn't quite there yet. <laughs> Um, So within this 40-book series, it's not one continuous plot at all, really. He has kind of casts of characters. Um, So the witches are kind of a cast of characters that he works with, and there's probably like five or six books that... Feature them as the main characters. Mm-hmm. And they live in their place on the disc. And sometimes mm-hmm. they visit other places, but it's about them. And they don't, and basically that's a standalone. And even the novels in there don't really refer to each other that much. There's kind of a plot that goes through it. Mm-hmm. But really, honestly, one of the best things about the Discworld series is that depending on what kind of used bookstore you like, you'll often run into a very random one. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I read them. I just grab whatever one I find. Ah. And that's the way you can read them. And I think a way that is really enjoyable to read them.
0: I like that too, because it's kind of like mystical, like which mm-hmm. one will come to you? Exactly, the yeah. World? yeah.
2: So specifically mm-hmm. about the Witches series, um, the Witches series has a varied cast, um, but there's two mainstays, Granny Weatherwax, um, who's this old battle axe, who has this ultra gruff, Hardcore exterior, but she's a deeply caring woman inside. Um, She's really famous and powerful, despite hardly ever doing any magic. And everyone on the disc is terrified of her, everyone except her oldest friend, Nanny Og. Nanny Og is this booze-swilling, double entendre-dealing family witch um, who's deeply caring at the same time, deeply interested in having a good time.
3: Oh, she was in your literary squad.
2: Oh, yeah. I was going to say that. Sounds Mm -hmm. familiar. And then Magrat Garlic is the third witch. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Mag- <laughs> Magrat garlic, you know. I'm just throwing that out there like it's a normal name. It's <laughs> Magrann Wells. <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) 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 She's in a lot of the witches' books and in Witches Abroad, she she's here adjusting to her new place in the group. She kind of joins the older two and she's kind of our way in. She's insecure. She doesn't really know what it means to be a witch. And she is, you know, a good person, but is really struggling to kind of find her place among the coven. And so for a lot of the witches' books, that's the whole thing is the dynamic between these three women and the way they work with each other and the way they solve problems. And they're hilarious. And they have these circular conversations where they're all arguing and they're all trying to get things done. And that's really what all the witches' books are about is there's a problem and these hilarious three characters try and solve it. Mm. All the Discworld books usually have one or two high concept ideas that the whole book is about. So Witches Abroad, for example, deals with a concept that I've seen a lot in Terry Pratchett's work, which is the idea of how stories can guide our lives. Kind of the common fairy tales and folklore that we all know kind of teach us patterns of how to behave and how sometimes they can be helpful and sometimes they can lock us into stories that we wish we could change. Mm-hmm. And then Witches Abroad is also the other high concept idea. It's not that high concept. Um it's a it's a travelogue. It's three three Women, they're fish out of water, they're making their way from their home all the way across the world to go to this other place. And uh, there's a term that I would not know unless I was married to a British person called Brits Abroad, which, which is Abroad is a play on. It's basically, for us Americans, it's the trope of the ugly American. So oh, okay. the person who travels has no idea what they're doing, is rude to the local people, doesn't attempt to speak the language. So these witches are basically those Brits abroad or ugly Americans. They're just causing chaos wherever they go. Uh, Nanny Og in particular continually attempts to speak foreign to everyone.
0: Oh
2: no! <laughs> so personally, uh, in my opinion, I like Project Book's best when he has a really loose hand on the plot wheel. Mm -hmm. Um, His plots can seem very frenetic and very intense, and you're often kind of behind the eight ball where these high concept ideas are things that he'll hint at over and over, and then you have to figure it out as you go along. In a really good Terry Pratchett book, that is like a fun thing where you're just like a half step behind him, and you kind of know what's going on, and you're like, oh, cool. In the not so great ones, it can just feel confusing and frustrating. So there are. There might be some people out there who say there's no bad Terry Pratchett books. I am not one of those people. I've read some ones that I enjoy more than others. Come at me, Pratchett heads. (laughs) But yeah, this one is a good one. It's fun. It's lighthearted. The witches are always charming. And yeah, I really enjoyed
0: it. So how many stars?
2: I gave it four stars. Ah, It's a a good Terry Pratchett one. It's a good Discworld book.
0: So what would you say, before we move on to facts, is your favorite of the Discworld? Like one of your five stars.
2: One of my five stars. There's one uh, called Pyramids, um, which is about time travel. And it Mm. all takes place in Clatch, which is his like equivalent of the Middle East. Mm. Um, It's really fun.
0: Okay, cool. Maybe I'll start with that one. That's
2: That's a good standalone one. It's not in any series. It's just like a standalone book. So, good
0: one. Cool. Awesome. Well, Andrew, do you have any facts on Sir Terry?
3: I have some facts on Scary Terry, Sir Terry Pratchett. (laughs) And here they are. Terry Pratchett was born on April 28th, 1948 in Beaconsfield, Buckinghamshire in England, if that wasn't clear. (laughs) He was actually bullied at a young age for speech impediments and having early difficulty learning how to read. He went on to have academic success, though, um, even having a story professionally published at the age of 15. As a child, he was really interested in astronomy. And even wanted to go into it as a career, but didn't quite have the mathematical abilities to make that work. So instead, he just got really into space, got really into science fiction also, and um, sort of started writing as a hobby. He didn't initially th- go out planning to be a novelist. He um, had a variety of jobs, uh, including a lot of work as a journalist and studying to become a journalist, and then also as a press officer for nuclear power plants. Interestingly enough,
2: yeah, that's a strong, that there's a strong pro nuclear agenda to all the Discworld <laughs> books. You really have to look for it. <laughs> But it's
3: there it's funny um, I feel like George Saunders had a similar job which mm-hmm. is weird um, something about eccentric authors uh, having weird jobs and energy before deciding to write is, that, is a thing yeah Thomas Pynchon wrote for like an engineering magazine right oh yeah he did too you're right you're right while he was working as a journalist he actually interviewed a small publisher and at the end of the interview mentioned that he had a manuscript which seems like a really bad move yeah. Ooh, um, that's a however move. it worked um, and uh, his first novel The Carpet People um, was published in 1971 he huh. actually stayed in his day job until 1987 even though between 1971 and 1987 he published two other books some standalone science fiction and the first three novels in the disc world he still didn't quit that day job hmm. must have really loved of nuclear power plants. There you go. Yeah. As Toby mentioned, the first novel was The Color of Magic in 1983. By the 1990s, uh, he was one of the most published and purchased authors in all of Britain. In fact, until recently, he was the best selling British author of all time, which is quite the jump to take from not quitting your day job in 1987 to mid 90s being yeah. like king of publishing. um It does help that he published an average of two books a year at his. That's <laughs> most... exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, I think he used to crank them out. Yeah. I think. I,
2: I have heard that he changed eventually from using a word processor with his hands <laughs> to using speech to text. He like oh. got really into like he was an early adopter and then by the end of his life he was writing them 100% speech to text.
0: Wow. Pretty interesting. So he could just be writing a book in a bath.
3: hmm Exactly. That's hey, crazy. that's the way. In 2009, Pratchett received a knighthood for his services to literature. He is quoted as saying, you can't ask a fantasy writer not to want a knighthood. You know, (laughs) for two pins, I'd get myself a horse and a sword. And he did get himself a sword for his knighthood.
0: Like as a gift to himself? Yes. Wow.
3: I believe he made it himself. Wow. He made it himself out of meteorites. Mm-hmm. This is a quote from sci-fi.com. The author decided to make the sword himself using deposits of iron ore he found in a field near his home in Wiltshire, which he smelt in a makeshift kiln fueled by sheep manure. <laughs> but even that wasn't enough for him. He needed to toss in a very special ingredient. Pratchett said that he added, quote, several pieces of meteorites, thunderbolt iron, you see, highly magical. You've got to check that stuff in whether you believe in it or not. Cool.
0: I, I just imagine him, like, making this sword. Sword and at the same time, dictating his next book. He's like, and then there was a sword.
3: <laughs> There's a lot of clangs in the middle of your book. <laughs> there is a book in Discworld that's just called Thud. Yeah. Pratchett was diagnosed with a rare form of Alzheimer's disease in 2007 called PCA. He passed away from that disease in 2015. Death is actually a character in the Discworld series, one of the most well-known Characters and his assistant posted on Pratchett's Twitter after his passing, At last, Sir Terry, we must walk together. Terry took Death's arm and followed him through the door and onto the black desert under the endless night. Aww. The end. I will say uh, there is a whole
2: series uh, that in the Discworld books about the character of Death. They're great, and Death shows up in almost every book. He's like a character, you and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, death is here.
3: <laughs> but is death as cool as Death and Death with Interruptions by Josie Saramago? I don't know. I don't want to date it, so. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I have on Terry Pratchett. I'm sure there are many other facts about him, but I wanted to keep it brisk. Awesome. Good facts, Andrew.
0: Good job. All right. Well, Witches Abroad Go. by Terry Pratchett, four stars.
3: Four stars.
0: Four witches. Awesome. Well, guess what? <laughs> Check
2: <laughs> it out. Patent. That's your catchphrase now. <laughs> Well, guess what?
0: Guess what? I read a book too.
2: I hear that's how Bailey. I I hear that's how Bailey told Dylan she was pregnant.
0: Hey, check it out! Hey, guess check it.
3: Guess what? What did you read, Bill?
0: Well, I read a book this week called My Sister the Serial Killer by Oyinkin Braithwaite. This is awesome. Ooh. This book came out Step, Step, Step. Step 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 Step. This book came out in twenty eighteen and was a very hot book. Everyone was talking about it.
3: I was gonna say this book, maybe more than any other, is a book that when I still went on the subway was in everybody's hands. like Mm. I swear like five people on every subway car I I rode on in like 2018 and 2019 had this book in their
0: hands. I didn't notice on the book cover that the reflection in the lady's sunglasses is a knife.
2: Oh, I never noticed that either. I listened to the audible version, so it was all real tiny on my phone.
0: Ah. So my sister, the serial killer, I mean, the plot is right there in the title. It's told from the perspective of Kareti, who is a nurse living in Nigeria. Um, and she has a sister, Ayula, who is gorgeous and beautiful. And she just keeps killing her boyfriends. Uh, it's true. It's, it's true. not a spoiler. It's not a spoiler. It's like, right there on the cover. It's right there on the cover. And, you know, if, Dil- if Toby's going to read the first sentence of his book, I'll read the first sentence of mine.
2: Passive aggressive.
0: Ayola summons me with these words. Kareti, I killed him. But the next sentence is, I had hoped I would never hear those words again. Oh. oh. So great. Pulls Too, you right in. Yeah. So good. Um and it like Terry Pratchett, I assume. It's, it's <laughs> Oh wow. I can't <laughs> I can't wait
2: to see this connective kind of tissue.
0: It's tongue in cheek, a little bit satirical. There's a lot of very dark humor in it. Mm-hmm. Fair to say. Like Fair Terry to say, Pratchett. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So although it's about A woman who is killing her boyfriends it's still very fun and hugely quick read it's structured first of all it's like a kind of tiny miniature little book they describe (laughs) it on the back someone gives a quote that's like this is a hand grenade of a novel that's kind of what it feels like to me Mm -hmm. it's this tiny little book tiny little pages it's only like
2: (laughs) all the letters are
0: real small. small and it's only like 230 pages and then it's made up of tiny little chapters and so it's like a nice little snack. Mm. So your friends on the talking sub-
3: about eating books. Yeah. Eating yeah,
2: books yeah. we can't we can't stay away from it.
0: I really loved it. I really loved the structure of the book. It's so easy to pick up and put down. Great for the subway. Great for <laughs> it's not, very,
1: like, sticky, not like, very sticky. Not very sticky. Doesn't <laughs> good ta- good traction.
0: Good aftertaste. No, just kidding. <laughs> but like you know, if you have a baby, maybe you have a newborn baby, and it's hard to read.
2: Mm. Very, I know. I know one of our listeners legit has a newborn yes, baby. Yes. <laughs>
0: yes. Pick this up. You can read a chapter very quickly, and before you know it, you finish the book. I also really love her writing, as you can tell from the first sentence. It's very... It's like very crisp, almost like Hemingway-esque, very like to the point, sharp cutting, which fits the theme, right? (laughs) Um, And I also really liked all the feminist themes. It's talking a lot about how the main character is supporting her sister, even though she's a serial killer. And it's because of what they've gone through in their lives. It's basically about sisterhood and how that's more important than any guy that comes in. Like You already know from the beginning that Iola is a serial killer, but what is really the hook is that Iola meets this doctor that Coretti has a crush on and she's had a crush on for a while and she's kind of in love with him. And of course, the doctor immediately is like, oh, what's your number, Iola? So the sister's
2: number. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The killer sister. Yeah.
0: So that's kind of the hook. Like, oh, no, they're together now.
2: I I remember reading that part of the book and being like, oh, Oh, wow. I I think even the moment because you get a brief introduction of him as like the object of her desire. Yeah. And I was like, like, as soon as she was like, "Oh, he was so handsome," I was like, "That that dude's in trouble. Like, oh, no. <laughs> this is not good."
0: So there's a lot building up. She's trying to give him a lot of warnings, but he just won't listen. Um, and so I thought that those were interesting themes about how about the relationships between men and women, and ultimately about this really strong sisterhood that comes from a very dark place
2: well it's like you know what is the ultimate test yes you know what would test your relationship the most
0: exactly like would you turn in your sister Mm -hmm. uh maybe not what about if she's going for the guy you love maybe then i just in general loved it especially you know we're doing the one for one until 2021 if you're looking for more diverse authors this is perfect it's set in nigeria which is an interesting place Mm -hmm. i don't know i I recommended it for i would recommend it to anybody i gave it five stars
2: i i want to agree with you um, I don't want to downplay the five stars. That's that's cool, but I want to agree with you about being set in Nigeria. I think it is so cool because it's not it's not like it's Nigeria. It's not like a focus of the story. It's just a cool setting that as me being me, I have not read, read that many books, unfortunately, set in Nigeria. And it feels so authentic and so cool and fresh and new. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that. And there
0: are some characters that speak like a different way and she kind of code switches depending on who she's whom she's talking to. And it's really interesting. Um. So yeah, so I, I gave this five stars. I was checking on Goodreads. Not everybody loves it. Some people are ter- turned off by the fact that almost every character, there's no real redeeming characters. Everybody's kind of a jerk, but in the spirit of, you know, satire, I was all for it. Mm -hmm. Um, and sort of, I think it's kind of fun to follow, follow the villains for a little bit. So I was fine with that and five stars. Nice. Do you remember what you gave it, Toby?
2: I think I gave it four stars. I think even though it's so short, I think there are little tiny places where it dragged for me. But I don't know. I read this. Uh, I read this right when it came out. So I don't have honestly that strong of a memory of it.
0: And you must have read it so quickly. that it's, Exactly. Like, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. So four stars for me.
1: What
0: about you, Dylan? Uh.
1: Yeah, I'm in, in the four star, five star camp. Actually, no, I'd give it five stars just of how short it was. I also think that there was yeah. she d- also does something similar. I was thinking about like Jillian Flynn of like very cinematic on um, their scenes and chapter breaks
0: mm-hmm. that
1: it feels almost like there's very few chapters in there that are just there to explain like this is how the character feels like the plot points were so fast
0: mm-hmm.
1: that it really felt like
3: the moment, like how they build momentum.
0: Yeah, it feels like a script. It feels like everything is there for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah highly recommend and- Andrew, you said you want to read this one, right?
3: Yeah. I mean, I was sort of curious what you guys were going to say so that I could decide how much to prioritize uh, finding myself a copy.
0: Well, you can borrow mine.
1: Well, if you find yourself within oh. an extra, like, 40 minutes
3: anywhere, you can just finish there
0: <laughs> So, yeah. So, uh, do you have any facts, uh, Andrew?
3: I do, though. I do just want to point out to Dylan that it's Gillian Flynn. And I only bring that up because if I didn't correct you, Gillian, who also uses the G spelling, would be offended that we included her in what she would consider the correct <laughs> pronunciation of Gillian with a G. She's very sensitive about that. All right. Oinkin Braithwaite was born in 1988 in Lagos, Nigeria. She spent her childhood both in Nigeria and in London, her parents moving back and forth several times. She studied law and creative writing in England before returning to Lagos after her studies, where she worked for a publisher. My Sister the Serial Killer is Braithwaite's first novel and was released in 2018 to positive reception. Previously, she had published a book of short stories called The Driver. Her stories received some recognition, which prompted publishers to ask if she had longer work. For nearly a year, she tried to write something great to send to the publishers, but she had a bunch of writer's block. The rest of this facts will come from a article in The Guardian, which says, My sister the serial killer arrived in a feverish month from a writer in a hurry and never looking back as she poured out a novel in an attempt to break a block. She shakes her head at the memory. Quote, I was a bit mad during that period. The block had descended after her short story, The Driver, was shortlisted for the 2016 Commonwealth Short Story Prize. The agent, Claire Alexander, saw the Nigerian author's submission and asked her if she had anything else. Quote, That was really exciting for me, but I didn't have anything I wanted to give them, Braithwaite recalls. So I let a year go by where I kept convincing myself I was going to write something fantastic, but I couldn't. As the end of 2017 approached with her 30th birthday just around the corner, Braithwaite told herself she was being ridiculous. Forget about the great novel. Just write something for yourself that's fun. And again, she wrote the novel in a month.
0: Wow. I think it's both great
3: and fun.
2: And I think, honestly, it's it's not like just a piece of candy either. Like, I think it
3: has like, I don't know. I remember it being like psychologically subtle and mm-hmm. fun. Like, it has some depth to it.
0: Yeah, I'm waiting for her great novel. Yeah. Like, Oh
3: gosh. She addresses in this interview slash article that her novel isn't what readers traditionally expect from an African writer, in particular an African female writer. This is a quote from the article. Thirteen years after the publication of the Kenyan author Binyavanga Wainaina's satirical essay How to Write About Africa, Braithwaite says there's still pressure for African writers to speak for a whole continent, but that's beginning to change. Africans are hungry for different types of stories. Within our own community, people are hungry for something else, for something different. They want more crime. They want more fantasy. They want science or whatever. Things are already becoming more diverse, but it's going to become ridiculous. There's going to be a lot more. She comes from a family that has uh, deep Christian roots and is a person of faith herself. Um, and so her family has struggled a little bit with her choice of subject matter huh. in this book. Hmm. Um, her family said it's a bit too dark for them, so they actually haven't read it, at least huh. at the time of this article coming out. Whoa. <laughs> Quoting back from the article, Braithwaite hopes she can write something one day that does justice to her beliefs, but she is clear that a novelist first responsibility is to fiction itself. Quote, I like to have fun, she says. (laughs) The books where I can tell I'm being taught something are a trial in the reading. If there's a story and you learn something along the way, it's a bonus. She still struggles with the tension between her faith and the moral ambiguity of her fiction, but quote, people say they read it and laughed. I like to think that in my own little way, I've brought joy to the world.
0: There you go. go.
3: Man. And those are the facts I have on Oyinkan Braithwaite.
0: Love it.
2: Good facts, Andrew. I already liked this book and this author, but those facts maybe I'm just like more excited now.
0: Yeah, it makes me want to read the next one even more. Yeah. And this one does leave you thinking, so I'm ready for the next (laughs) one. There you go. (laughs) Uh, Andrew, do you have a game for us?
3: Speaking of thinking.
0: Ooh, Ooh
3: I do have a game for you this week. Are you guys excited? Yes. Are you a little nervous? No. No. (laughs) Oh, good. Confidence is high on the West Coast. (laughs) All right. The game this week is called Donut Jimmy. The reason is Donut Jimmy is a character from Discworld. Mm. Guess what? There are a lot of characters with weird names from Discworld. Ah, okay. You know what there are also a lot of? Donuts. Serial killers active before 1600 that have weird names. Oh. <laughs> so, we're going back to sort of a classic style of game. We haven't really done that since Bailey's been back. Uh, so, this is an either or. This type is a of game, game called
2: Basketball. <laughs>
3: This is a game you might have heard called Hoop and Stick.
2: (laughs) Cereal
1: and donuts are both breakfast foods.
3: (laughs) Thank you, Dylan. That was intentional. No, it absolutely was not. That is phenomenal. So yeah, that connection was definitely why I made this up. So the way the game will work is I will read a name. You will guess either killer or character, and it may be harder than you think. The first person to yell, let's say, thud... (laughs) On the count of three, we'll get to go first for the first round, and then we'll just alternate to avoid the uh, notorious buzzing in Toby. debate and debacle.
2: Notorious is just another word for
3: good. Good <laughs> idea. Sure. Anyway. Three, two, one. Good. Bailey gets to go first. Peter Stump.
0: Peter Stump. I think that's a serial killer.
3: That is correct. Yes. Peter Stump, known as the werewolf of Bedburg. I'm not going to read the details of their crimes. Uh, You can look it up if that's something that you're interested in. This is a family podcast. This is my favorite murder. I was going to say
2: there's maybe one or two other podcasts that
3: might interest you if you're into serial killers. (laughs) Tobert, are you ready? Yes. Thud. Because you're going to go first this time. Vorbis. I'm going to say Discworld. That is correct, and Mm. there was no information on Wikipedia about who Vorbis is.
2: Yeah, I I will say, I'm not cheating. I do not not actually know that character, so.
3: Okay, I believe. Yeah, I picked from the Wikipedia page other characters in Discworld, and not specifically from the Witches subpage to try to avoid any too familiar, like, any recency bias for Toby, but we'll see.
2: The next character is Death.
3: Lu Pengli.
0: Okay, I'm going to say Discworld. That is incorrect.
3: Lu Pengli was a prince of Jidong during the reign of Emperor Jing in the Western Western Han China. Whoa, he was like
2: a Chinese prince serial killer? That sounds cool. Let's, guys... Cancel this podcast. We're
3: doing a new podcast about this Chinese prince serial killer. Cool. Locusta. Can I have a spelling, please? Like locust with an A at the end. In fact, not like that at all. That. <laughs>
0: Discworld. I don't think so.
3: I'm sorry. That is oh. incorrect. I knew it was wrong as soon as Bailey said it was wrong. <laughs> uh, no. Locusta of Gaul was a poisoner in the service of Emperor Nero Mm. cool
0: if you get paid for it are you a serial killer yeah according to this book if you kill more than three people you're a serial killer oh
3: god Stanley Howler.
0: That sounds like Discworld.
3: Yeah, that is correct. Really good job. He is one of two post office employees left over when another character becomes the postmaster.
0: All right.
2: There's actually that's a really the postmaster series is a really good series. There's a
0: postmaster series. Yeah. Oh my god. It's all about
2: running the mail in a fantasy world. It's really great.
0: Okay. All right. Feel like he was naming random things to make series on, but that's fine.
3: How dare you? (laughs) Um, Tolliver Grote. Uh, I'm gonna say serial killer. I'm so sorry, Toby. No. It is a Discworld character, and in fact, it's the. Other leftover employee of the oh, post office. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right, I read one of the Postmaster series and I read it a long time ago.
3: Apparently, Stanley Howler and Tolliver Grote are two friends you can look forward to making if you revisit that series. What's the score? The score is two to one in favor of Bailey. We only have four more left. Alice Keitler.
0: Hmm. Alice sounds like a modern name, so I'm going to say Discworld.
3: That is incorrect. Alice Keitler, nicknamed the Witch of Kilkenny, Ooh. was a Hiberno-Norman noblewoman prosecuted in the first modern witch trial in oh. 130, 1324. Oh. So many of these are royals. By which I mean two of them. (laughs) Well, she's a noble woman, but not not quite a
2: a queen. All right. Jeez. By the way,
3: this is a harder game than I thought. (laughs) Um, Tacitus. Serial killer. That is incorrect. Tacitus was a historian, but in Discworld, Tacitus is the greatest general of all time.
0: This is Bailey for the win.
3: Well, yeah, if you get this right. Bailey, all is on the line here. I hope you're ready. I'm ready. Anula of Anun Haraptura. Dylan's like smiling like he knows it.
0: I'm going to say serial killer. (laughs) That is correct. Yay! Uh... Toby, why don't you find out what your last one was to see if you would have gotten it.
3: Okay, let's see. The last one is Theta with Hell. Why am I so bad when it comes to being my
2: turn? (laughs) Vita uh, Discworld.
3: That is correct. Vita Withel is a Hollywood actress.
2: Oh, yeah, I read that book. (laughs) It's called called Moving Pictures.
0: Ah, Hollywood is like the Hollywood Mm -hmm. on Discworld. Mm -hmm. Ah, Clever. Clever. The Hollywood. All right. Well, I win. So
3: final score. Congratulations, Bailey. Final score is three to two in your favor. Well done. I think you meant to say, guess what?
0: Guess what? I killed you. Guess what?
3: <laughs> killed it. Guess what, Bailey? You win.
0: Yay!
3: Hooray! <laughs>
0: <laughs> now is the time on the podcast where Dylan chooses books at random from our shelves to read next.
2: So important this job, Dylan. How would we ever do it without you?
0: I we, hate you guys. We so couldn't. Much. <laughs> oh wait, Toby's already been choosing.
3: It's the choosing or half the choosing. Uh, I still appreciate you, Dylan. Thank you, Andrew. Unlike your wife and best friend. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let's go over it real quick. Andrew has already been chosen, and his
3: next book is?
0: So Andrew's next book is Tales by Amiri Baraka.
3: Yes, though if you see images online, he did used to go by the name Leroy Jones. So if you see, for example, on Instagram, in a few days, a picture of that book, it is not a mistake.
0: Toby's reading Piranesi by it's, Susanna it's Clark. An and I'm also going to read it too. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. And so that it's, it's just me to be chosen.
1: So in that case, what Bailey's reading next is number one. Number one? Number one with a bullet.
2: Whoa. Whoa. He didn't even bother putting on the random number generator, did he? Sh- shut up. <laughs> One is a random number. Uh, Bailey one got, is the randomest number. In a way, it's the most random number. It's
1: got
0: to start with an A. I'm
1: so curious to hear what this <laughs> book is. Bailey gosh, number one, The Adrian Mole Diaries by Sue Townsend.
0: Ah, okay. Oh. My understanding is it's like a coming-of-age book that young English boys love. Cause it's like, <laughs> what? it's like a diary. Just like
3: you, Bailey.
0: <laughs> it's a diary of this little, not this boy, this boy, who, like 13, Adrian Mole. And he's writing about like going through puberty and that kind of thing. So it's like a wimpy
2: kid.
3: Just like you.
2: Yes. I was going to say, what's that book about thongs and snogging?
0: Yes, exactly. But, okay. but this is the boy version. Okay. And the reason why I have this book is because my old roommate, Noah, good friend, Great job, Noah. He, when he was moving out of our apartment, was like, take all these books. And then this one in particular, he was like, this is my favorite book ever. Oh, wow. But I haven't read it yet. So no pressure. You
1: hear that, Noah? Your butt's on the line.
0: (laughs) But yeah, but it's two books in one.
1: It's The Secret Diary of Adrian Mole age 13 and three quarters and the growing pains of adrian mole all
0: right well sounds fun i'm looking over at my shelf because now i have a new number one the new number one is american psycho Ooh. Ooh. it's weird how like there'll always be a number one (laughs) guys guys (laughs) i haven't had a lot (laughs) of (laughs) sleep all right so that means next week i'm reading the adrian Mole diaries by sue townsend andrews reading tales by amiri baraka and the next episode is going to be a Pyrenees escapade.
2: Pyrenees
3: escapade.
0: Extravaganza. So, if you want to read that, you should get on that. Pre-order your book. Not even pre-order. Order Just go your book. buy it. Yeah. Go buy it.
3: And hey, I actually have an announcement. <gasps> Omg. I don't know what it is. In conjunction with your Pyrenees episode. Yes. I am going to read Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. <gasps> Oh. Wow, what a magical surprise. With just Tales to Read, which is quite short, and, you know, a little bit of downtime between episodes because, you know, I'm back only re- reading for every other one. I have a little more time to read for pleasure. So I'm committing to reading my first Susanna Clark while well, you read your second.
0: Sweet. That's awesome. No pressure, but it's me and Toby's favorite. So. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to the To Read List. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can email the To Read List podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on goodreads at goodreads.com slash the to read list podcast and on instagram at the to read list podcast twitter and facebook are dead to us
3: nice ice cold if you like what you've heard please take a moment and rate the podcast five stars in your podcatcher of choice in particular this is powerful in itunes Uh, it does help more people find us and it you know does some algorithmy thing where it bumps us to the top of lists and you know just help us out
2: also if you enjoy this podcast please find someone Someone, anyone. If you see someone with a book in public, from a safe distance, yell at them, the to read list podcast, it'll
0: save your life.
2: And then you sprint as fast as you can the other way.
0: And they're like, how do you spell that? (laughs) (laughs) It's spelled like it sounds.
3: I have an idea for uh, advertising, which is that we make Nerf darts that have our information on it. (laughs) And people, we go around to like parks and where people are reading and we shoot their books with Nerf darts and it has the information for the podcast on it. Mm -hmm. And then we run away. It's a great idea. I'm going to work on this, guys. love it.
0: (laughs) Thanks to Toby and Andrew for co-hosting the podcast with me, to Dylan for sound recording, and to Miss Jillian Beth Durkee for composing our intro song. See you in two weeks. Happy reading. Books, 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 books.